How odd. Five seconds of silence. I think... I think that I covers it. Just... Wait. 139. 139? Yes, you are, you are all over it. I just remember our five seconds of silence. It was yeah, beautiful. It's a spiritual practice. <laughs> it really has become like Zen. Welcome to take 139. <laughs> Is it 139? Yes, it's okay. 139. Jesus. Is this the Thorazine episode? My name. <laughs> it's Philip Barton. <laughs> My name is Brad Barton. I'm concerned. And I'm the rickety third leg. Which is known as Patrick. Patrick, have you done your quaaludes today? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have done them both for the, all of them. For, yeah, all, right? for all of us. Yeah. No, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, what the hell are quaaludes? This attempt, a product of Glacial Productions, derivative broadcasting and short attention span theater is brought to you, but not sponsored by well, Quaaludes. <laughs> and Coors Light and... Oh, uh, 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 uh... <laughs> Rickety third legs. <laughs> Think fast, move fast, and a mild concussion. It's not fair. I am also a rickety leg. So This stool is not held up very well. <laughs> hey, uh, you just mentioned that it the third really leg... Is. All the legs rickety. are sort of rickety. You don't say anything about the other legs. <laughs> <laughs> the man speaking right now is Brother Brad, the sound engineer, editor, producer, and head twits of You're this show. You're speaking right now. Uh, the, the, that was speaking <laughs> before I did... Oh, I'm so good. <laughs> Patrick spoke Which you can find by visiting brothersbarton.net for this show. Uh, but he has another show. Which can be found at thelabwithbrad.com because one podcast isn't enough. Gentlemen, Quaaludes. Okay, Phil, I just decided that I am going to try and stretch out your intro for Mm -hmm. as long as I possibly can every episode until you shorten it. What? Okay. We're going to do it. That sounds good. The whole (laughs) intro will be the episode. (laughs) That's right. That will be my crowning achievement. I mean, how can that be your goal and mine at the same time? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go over here and write the Giga Codex or something. (laughs) Okay, it is my goal of this show is this, is this, is this <laughs> like merry-go-round right. of, of responsibility <laughs> <laughs> and pressure <laughs> and um but true to derivative broadcasting i'm just gonna bring up a bunch of old shit <laughs> all righty then nice let's let's go down the rabbit hole uh, first and foremost we have diphtheria <laughs> this was featured on episode 386 of uh brad's show at the lab brad.com uh viruses yeah. And uh, okay, right into the, from the horse's mouth. disease portion of our program or his program. Uh, he's doing a microbes and microbiology uh, sort of series. And I was just uh, I'd never heard of this before where <laughs> we're getting sick because of a bacteria, except the bacteria would normally be fine, except for the virus. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling us our bacteria has viruses now. Yes. 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 They caught a cold. Man. And now all of a sudden it's producing toxins, which give us this. What did you say? It's like a layer of crap. It's a layer of leathery skin inside your respiratory system. Awful stuff. Oh. It was killing a bunch of children back in the day. Yes. yes. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. okay. So that's what diphtheria actually is. I understand now. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that. Wow. They, uh, like a lot of viruses kill the host cell, but not all of them do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just sort of. Uh, 
rewrite the damn thing and, and then wander out. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, there are some viruses that uh, can turn your normal cells into cancer. So instead of killing them, they turn them immortal. <laughs> Which, you know, oh, look, uh, long life, uh, right? You think yeah. it's a good thing, but um, oh, God, no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so great when not so great when that skull was supposed to die. <laughs> Jeez, man. Yeah. Well, well, something about horses and a, a vaccine and. A <laughs> oh, yeah, I love this. Uh, it wasn't just for diphtheria. They did this for tetanus, too. They'd uh, take the toxin that was causing the symptoms and inject it into a horse. Oh, that's terrible. And then the horse would make antibodies. No, the horse was fine. Oh, and the horse would make antibodies. Okay. Then they take some of the blood out and then separate the red blood cells from the plasma and inject Uh the plasma into the patients. And then the horse. Oh, did it actually work? Yeah. Well, it was better than nothing. (laughs) But a bunch of other horsey. Um, things <laughs> came, came along for the ride. And yeah, right. Sometimes How you I feel can... it, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes that could cause uh, just stop reactions. your feet for how many sugar cubes you want. <laughs> Man, that's fascinating, though, for sure. I mean, I didn't realize that that's what diphtheria was. For example, the reason I put it in the show is because I was surprised and fascinated. I just I heard about viruses turning cells cancerous before. I don't know why in my head it was always kill the host cell when I already had a factoid that was against that factoid. I should have known better, but yeah, there it is. Yeah, actually, uh, like the human, the HPV virus that uh, finally crushed, hopefully. Uh, uh, because it causes cancers in, in uh, primarily women, but also men. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. HPV. That's the herpes one, isn't it? It's Am I got the human papilloma virus? Oh God. That's what that, that one stands really for. Confused with. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to mention the herpes one, which I find fascinating because it gets in there. You know what I mean? Like you have high like gonorrhea or syphilis. Yeah. I mean, they're like syphilis. Yeah, there for life. Life. It's, it, it yes. there for life it's it intertwines and yeah your makeup there for life carry that shit around like baggage <laughs> right that's that eddie murphy old line that's right <laughs> and i was wondering uh speaking of derivative we're going to move on real quick here uh patrick your uh codex episode do we ever yes, land the, on the what disastrous a, one it worked out. We got most of it out there, I think. Uh, ah, you did. Ah, thank you, Brad. We How never did it actually define what a codex is? Yes. Is. A codex was, I can check it out too on the interwebs because I'm probably slightly going well, to be incorrect. I can tell you, it's sort of a precursor to a book. The difference between a codex and a book is that books are usually printed and bound on paper, mm-hmm. whereas codexes <laughs> were handwritten and usually on something like uh, vellum or parchment. Right. Which is okay. That is the difference. Skin. And that's why they called those works from the medieval era codexes primarily, because that's what they were. That's what they were doing. I mean, they were compiling works as well. So, like I said, it, uh, the one that that was in question or we talked about last week was uh, 
they're what they call the Giga Codex, and that is they had the Vulgate Bible in it, and then they had some other work. I think it was a Greek work that they didn't even transcribe. They just they just copied symbols, I believe, because I don't know if they had the resources. I don't know to no damn Greek. Translate it. <laughs> Exactly. Just write it down. It's important. It might be, you know, it might be blueberry muffin recipe. It might be a mathematician's, you know. You know, without them doing that sort of thing, uh, the uh, Renaissance wouldn't have worked. Uh, We really needed that. We 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 very much did. There are copies Alas, of books the, uh, that the died fire in the fire of Egypt of uh, yeah, Alexandria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Library of Alexandria. We still lost a lot. Wow, the, the, matter the, the of stereo fact. thing that just happened to me. You guys are both talking about the same fire. <laughs> you just sit there and look pretty, Phil. <laughs> I'm doing great. Takes some more Left ear fire, right ear fire. Where are my quaaludes? Have a quaalude and be quiet. I do remember. Uh, you got cut off because we went off on the wag bag. Oh, yeah. Were, uh, I love that story. This is the best <laughs> ever. But oh, you started to talk about Anton, Anton, Anton Levine. Oh, yeah. Oh, Anton LeVay. He was a Satanist that basically just wanted to be a cult leader and have a lot of, like, 70s sex. Right. And that's right. what he did. You know, <laughs> along with it's it, good to have he goals. created the modern Satanic Bible. Right, and right, people, right. people get Levian Satanism mixed up because that was basically Satan worship. He just he wanted to be an iconoclast and be all right. He, right. he was an he was an edgy edgy dude before edgy was like in. You know. Oh and yeah, I've met those guys. Guys swear usually yeah, in the SEA. So, yeah. Because there's also contrary. a modern version of uh, they call it Satanism, but it's actually uh, what they call a protest religion. Yes, now that's them, why I wanted to differentiate. It's the Church of Satan that we're talking about in that respect. And mm, they are there yeah. to make sure the uh, separation of church and state be respected. And I love their tactics because anytime they they let that get over the line, they say, oh, okay, so the Episcopalians or whoever, I'm just not saying, you know, whatever, this right, religious yeah. group got to put up <laughs> This in a public space. So we want a Baphomet, Baphomet statue, you know, the goat head. <laughs> all, right. our, ours put up. And you have to let us because you let them. <laughs> right, and they've right. just affected wonderful change this way. I just love it because, you know, we need <laughs> even – I've even heard stupid people talk about how the founding fathers intended to found this as a Christian nation. Well, they also <laughs> very much <laughs> wrote throughout the um, entire thing to uh, church and state separation because that's why they left, of course. Hmm. That's why they left England. Reasons. Yeah, among uh, other reasons. Look, they didn't want to pay their taxes either. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> that actually kind of brings up my last derivative uh, topic. <laughs> I've been listening Clearly. to... <laughs> I've been listening to. <laughs> I've been cheating on Brad. We're making a science podcast, and uh, I've been listening to a science versus podcast. And uh, buried deep in her Lemmings episode, science versus Lemmings, because apparently I, they don't actually do the whole suicidal jump thing. Yeah, apparently Disney made that up. They they filmed okay. it. They, that's the rumor I heard. Uh, <laughs> man, they drove her, him, the mouse drove him right off the cliff and filmed it. I knew he was monstrous. <laughs> According to her, the only filmed evidence where you see these little guys swimming along is completely, quote-unquote, reproduced. And that includes them 
tossing these little guys off into the river. <laughs> I knew it. Yes. I absolutely knew it. And it has Look, more. We got to make it fit the narrative. Just toss them. And it has more to do with a boom and bust sort of life cycle they have every four to five years, or they used to have, where there is just so many of Not them. Anymore. I'd be surprised if they didn't still have. I mean, well, these, actually, these are rodents. Yes, yes. It's. I think the the time range. Give them is another thousand changing. years. <laughs> another. Their populations the will be thing. up. Yeah. Look, the mouse, the mouse pogrom nothing left was successful. Mice and cockroaches, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay. get, the lemmings will get their revenge. They will never forget. Other than learning today that lemmings and them suicidal uh, or being suicidal was crap, um, they made a lot of noise about uh, how you can skew statistics and stuff. And going mm -hmm. back to uh, religion and whatnot, there was a news article, or I think it was Fox News, put up this great graph that showed uh, Christianity in the 80s or something like that versus now. Oh, wonderful. And the when you looked at it visually, that the, the number of Christians in the 80s, it looked like two-thirds more of the other one. But right, when you looked at right. the, the y-axis, the measurement, they had constricted it. It actually ended up to just be 12% less Christians. Uh, right. Yes, but they made it look um, worse. <laughs> um, well, and that falls right into their narrative of being a persecuted creatures. Yeah, because I believe in, uh, yeah, you know, because I'm yeah. Christian, we're persecuted because because we are too. Uh, us too, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, Yeah, it's silly. Mm -hmm. I got persecuted the other day. Did cost you like it? Really? Bucks. It cost you fifty. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> Were we at the same oh, place? Of course, it me so hard. <laughs> wear the hair shirt. I thought somebody said Brad while I was there. Oh my god! And then the uh, three out of four dentists recommend Colgate. Yeah, the somebody looked at the actual data, and what they did was run around and ask X amount of dentists uh, what toothpaste should you brush you, your teeth what toothpaste <laughs> would you recommend in no particular order and in no particular order and yeah so just, Colgate was on the list yes <laughs> of three out of four of them <laughs> i always wanted to be the fifth dentist you know the one know, who right? doesn't recommend brushing after me? meals <laughs> <laughs> or the one that's like no it's fine don't worry about it just the, the uh uh baking soda do it back in the day they had tooth powder before it was paste oh look out was that baking soda it was, or was that it was a lot like baking soda but it also had other things in it that just okay. yeah i think that's unusual yeah probably right <laughs> <laughs> our laudanum toothpaste is the best I ever i love brushing my teeth <laughs> it wakes me up in the I morning brush my teeth like 90 times a day <laughs> i often see these like hacks of how to clean your pans deep clean your pans and and mm -hmm. it includes baking soda and vinegar and I'm, I yep. wonder if that's actually real or if it's just it because is. it's reacting. It's an old school method. Okay. okay. Um, it is. Um, now, baking the soda and vinegar in and of itself makes a reaction, doesn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, that's okay. how you so make your volcano for the science uh, fair. Well, food oh, coloring. Duly noted. I will make sure. I, <laughs> it fizzes right. up. It's kicking out CO2 is what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, that was the typical uh, hack for... Uh, getting helping to get your uh, your drain unclogged, you know. You, you but you got to get the uh, 
the baking soda down into where the clog is and then pour the vinegar in. And that's how that works. It's from that reaction. Hmm. Now, but as far as cleaning the pans and cleaning things goes, I just know that, for example, I've seen um, it enough that I kind of believe uh, it. just the baking soda has enough grit to it. That's the same principle as like making your teeth clean with it. All you're really doing is the grittiness of the baking soda is what's doing the scrubbing on your teeth. It's not a cleaning uh, agent per se. I think Phil's conjecture is interesting. And I'll bet it's happened before. It's like, here's these two chemicals that supposedly do thus and so. And just because it fizzes up in bubbles, you feel like it's working. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so note to everyone at home, do not mix ammonia and bleach. Oh, Oh, my God, yes. You will create a bomb. And the gas is super highly toxic. Yes. No effing joke. So... Yes, just because it fizzes when it goes together, yeah. There's not, <laughs> not that is not good it. news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you might make mustard gas. It's very, you know, That's what it is called. Yes, yeah. yes. I always get a kick out of it when people are super excited. Oh, this is natural. This is all natural. <laughs> this oh, is so natural. <laughs> yeah, so is uranium. <laughs> oh, my God, right? Yeah. Yes, it is natural. It is in nature. Ah, uh, nightshade oh. is natural. Yeah, go ahead and eat that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're hanging out on my quaaludes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember why I was looking it up, but I could never figure out if mustard gas was uh, heavier than air or not. Yes. Um, yeah, it is. It is? Okay. okay. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that's why I agree. It must be true. Well, also, it strikes me. <laughs> ah, nice. Two out of three lunatics recommend mustard gas. <laughs> <laughs> I will often walk into a house, and they've got their smoke detector hanging on the ceiling. Good idea. Yes. And right next to it is the carbon monoxide detector. That should be lower. That doesn't make any sense to me, right? Carbon monoxide. It should is- be low. Yes, it's heavier in air. Carbon monoxide and CO2 de- detectors. And CO2. Yeah. CO2 really? is also heavier than air. Yep. Yes. I thought it well, should I, be lower to the floor. Yes. I thought fire detector were uh, doing smoke, like uh, not yes, necessarily uh, CO2, but uh, uh, heat and or like they got all. They don't really do heat anymore, from what I understand. For, uh, Some sort of sensor that senses the uh, the burning, you know, the, the smoke particle. The particulate matter in the air. The smoke uh, rises in, uh, initially, at the very least. Uh, <laughs> well, if yes, you got a fire do. going on, <laughs> yes. The well, no, you were right. You put, the, you put the smoke detector on the ceiling with the CO2 close to the floor, you know. Yes. And God yes. help you if you uh, sleep on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be the first to go. Right. But it'll the, be a peaceful way to go if it's CO2. In the basement. In the basement? The basement. In the basement? <laughs> <laughs> Where we keep all our fish. <laughs> um, so there, years ago, I worked at a winery. and every year, <laughs> So you just sat around and complained all day? <laughs> <laughs> no, but bottling could be really a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, but no, during what they called crush, when all the grapes come in, you're trying to uh, – produce them to a point to get them that they're going to be wine later, but you got to get them to a point where we're going to get this uh, juice in a tank and it might not be wine yet, but you got to press those grapes. You got to. So, but every morning stomping them, I know I did my, they would not allow my feet. No, I'm kidding. They obviously (laughs) they uh, sort of mash them up and then they put them through a big press and they actually press it through these uh, filters made from diatomaceous earth. Uh, and it removes it removes all the stuff that's no good very very well. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so, and it doesn't leave any bad effects. It's really interesting. I think I'm going to bring that stuff up in the next episode. So there you get your diatomaceous grape, grape juice. There you go. <clears throat> Nothing like some diatoms to help my wine. Ah, diatoms. Diatoms. Make an eye diatoms. visible single-cell critters. Yes, indeed. <laughs> they help out with my polishing my truck, too, so I like them a lot. You polish your truck yeah. with wine? <laughs> no, with diatoms, you silly man. But wine helps, too. <laughs> They're not allowed to use Patrick's feet. He's Irish. You have to be Swedish. <laughs> I have to be blonde. stepping on potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, anyway, so they would send someone in to the area where all the tanks were to start these big fans to circulate the air. And they'd have to go in wearing a respirator and everything uh, because there was someone in the late seventies that went in in the morning in a winery down in California. Mm -hmm. And there was enough CO2 from overnight from the uh, production of uh, alcohol and fermentation that uh, uh, there was about six feet of it off the ground worth and oh. it overcame him pretty quickly, and he passed out, and there was no one around, and therefore oh. he, he suffocated. He didn't have any oxygen. Right. It was all CO2. Ooh. So that's what, that's what they had to do every morning, and they were obviously deadly serious about it. You don't want someone to die. And it's really quick, too. Just a few breaths can knock you out. Yeah, and then actually, once you're on the floor, yeah. I saw a uh, documentary where there, uh, a mountain, a volcanic mountain, Boom. spews out CO2 all the time. Oh. But under the oh, right okay. slash wrong conditions, it, it kind of wafts into this valley. Is this that village right off of the lake? Uh, uh, no. Uh, no people okay. live there at this one. Oh, okay. There was that one lake that... with a bunch of toxic crap that bubbled out of it. Oh, that's right. That was a chemical leak, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, back ooh, to our ooh. regularly scheduled. Program. I want to hear that anyway, one later. <laughs> <laughs> As the day goes on, the sun heats up, the CO2 starts to diffuse into the atmosphere, everything's fine. Nice. But like they showed a, a monitor lizard, damn thing's like six feet long, and it climbed down into a crevasse uh it wasn't even that deep because it was after one of these dead bodies down there and uh, within seconds it's you could see its tongue in the inside of its mouth turn blue uh, oh wow that That's... one happened to luck out and turn around and get a snout above the layer like holy crap but yeah it's really oh. quick and one of the things the narrator said is normally you'd expect insects and birds to be feeding on these carcasses, but they die too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really though. Oh, yeah, Why exactly. wasn't there anyone monitoring the monitor lizard? It was the monitor's job. It's like that. Yeah, right? <laughs> the first thing that guy said was, where were you? You're supposed to monitor me. We're a lizard. It's like that sniper trick where you shoot the one guy and leave him there wounded. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just wait for somebody to try to drag him away. <laughs> it's, no, it's not yeah, funny. I'm sorry. Terrible. What about this bubbling lake? Bubbling lake. Exactly. I've actually heard multiple stories. Sometimes uh various toxic gases like uh co2 or uh hydrogen sulfide will mm. collect under some sort of a temperature inversion layer mm -hmm. and then one day it all comes bubbling up and uh it's killed villages before of humans Ooh. As opposed to those now, now that i was remembering it was there was a lake and the reason why the lake was involved was because it it, it was uh volcanically formed 
Mm. So at some point, a bunch of CO2 developed underneath the lake and underneath the surface of the lake, you know, uh, yeah. uh, were, and then bubbled up through the sediment all at once. And it, uh, once it got to the top of the lake, it didn't have anywhere to go and it just settled. And there's a village right on the lake shore and I it killed it was a bunch in of people. Tamaroon, actually. Um, yeah. I don't remember where. You mentioned yeah. a, a lake bike hall. Lake yeah. Bicall. Lake Bicall is one of the most interesting. It's the deepest lake in the world. And it was formed by uh, volcanic activity, glacial and volcanic. I'm not sure. Right. I'd have to look that up. Well, welcome to this state. Wait, is it? Did Paul make the lake? Uh, <laughs> by call, not by Paul. <laughs> by, by call. Is there a guy named Paul? I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, by Paul. Where is Paul? Is Paul, is Paul even home? Well, it's, kind of, it's this giant lake uh, that. Yeah, uh, twisted artist was, is. Anyways, yeah. I think it was carved. And just how heavy the glaciers were depressed the earth enough. I'm not sure now. Anyway, but it is the lake, uh, deepest freshwater lake in the world. As a matter of fact, it holds more fresh water than all of the Great Lakes, if I remember right. Put I'm not sure about that. Yay for factoids, sure. though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm just going to run with all of these weird. Uh, we're going to run with the narrative later. and correct it later. Right. Mm, right. But, uh, <laughs> it's one of these Welcome lakes, the though, that it gets so cold there. That uh, it freezes really deep, so you get these dramatic videos of people ice skating on this lake that's so clear. That's the other thing about this is because it's a glacial lake. It's super clear, even to this day. Uh, It's also in the middle of nowhere in Siberia, so that helps you without the, you know. But uh, uh, amazing uh, to me that it's, it's something so big, and yet it will freeze over every year. And freeze pretty deep, but that's nothing for someone that lived, uh, for example, in Detroit or Chicago, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're going to get clear yeah. ice, uh, either it has to freeze very slowly, or there has to be next to no gases dissolved in the water when it freezes. The uh, that's the only way you get clear. Well, it is known thing, for how clear its water is. Period. You can also uh, so, yeah, smush can the hell out of the. Uh, the ice over a period of centuries and get pretty clear ice. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Like at the bottom of glaciers, that different color ice that you see, that's pretty amazing. That deep blue color. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. what happens to ice under those pressures? It turns viscous. It's amazing. Oh, isn't that interesting? That was what made the ice dam break at where Missoula, Montana is where all those valleys meet. Wait, that the ice got what? so heavy. Yes, that Phil, it, this is the thing you're talking the about. The Lake Missoula, the, the, the Channel yeah. Scablands, uh, the southeast. Yes, of in the potholes. Yes. Yeah, remember <laughs> the, you know, the potholes? It yes. was, that was created by that flood. All the I didn't know that was, was the name of them, but I've seen footage of like a helicopter going over there. And yeah, potholes and it looks like exactly triples the created right by name. God's golf balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we've mentioned God's balls. Let's get back to the Giga Codex. <laughs> Is there anything oh, else man. to say about the Giga Codex? No, I just... <laughs> yeah. Not really, no. Next time on episode <laughs> two. <laughs> nothing to say two about the Giga Codex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Man. I do highly recommend... Uh, uh, science versus. Uh, it's got this female, uh, and she. Want to check that out one of these days. Yeah, steal she, some episode ideas. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, she she did have one uh, finding the G spot, so that was interesting. Uh, come to find out, it may or not actually exist. 
that's propaganda. No, no, no. They just didn't know how big <laughs> the clitoris actually was as an organ. Two minutes. Two minutes. All right. How big the clitoris is. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> the mythical female clitoris. <laughs> There's more rumors about that than the unicorn. <laughs> Nature's Rubik's Cube. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've seen that picture, right? Where it's like the guy what above picture? the picture. We were just talking about no, 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 it's a meme, right? It, so it's right, electric, I've seen it. Electrical panel, multiple dials, knobs, and uh, sliders, or whatever. And it says <laughs> labeled female, and below it's labeled male, and it has an on off switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.